Psalm 103. Psalm 103, again, we've been in a series called Divine Blessings. Um, and in Psalm 103, we see um, five of them. Uh, it, it says here, divine benefits are, are his benefits, but we call it divine blessings. There are five of them in Psalm 103. And Pastor Todd covered four of them the last four weeks. He's out this week, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. Week one, Pastor Todd talked about divine forgiveness. Then in week two, he talked about divine health and healing. Week three, he talked about divine redemption. And then last week, the fourth week, he talked about divine crowns and what crowns are in us reigning in this life and the life to come. So today, again, I'll be concluding our series with the fifth one that we find here in Psalm 103, and that's divine satisfaction. Divine satisfaction. So let's read Psalm 103, 1 through 5 again. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits or his blessings, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And here it is, the fifth one that we're going to talk about this morning, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together this morning. Uh, Lord, we just ask that we would look to you, that you would help us to receive this word, apply it, and that we would truly be satisfied with you and the good things that it is you give us. Help us to recognize these things, Lord, each and every day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump right into it. This morning, I want to give you four truths about divine satisfaction. Number one, I'm going to start by asking a question. What is true satisfaction? What is the Bible talking about right here whenever he says, who satisfies our mouth with good things? What is true satisfaction? Well, the Hebrew word for satisfaction means to be made full. To be so full is being on the verge of overflowing. Matter of fact, it actually means to be so full, you're on the verge of being weary. You're almost getting tired of the good things. And, and probably the best uh, way to illustrate that, especially for us down here in South Louisiana, it's like when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? You eat as so many good things on that buffet, right? You enjoyed it. You're full. There's a bunch of good things. But when you get up from that table, you feel kind of weary, right? You're kind of worn out from all that good food you just ate, right? That's the picture in, in the original language here is that God satisfies us with so many good things, we're full to overflowing. Now, what's interesting is that the scripture says that he satisfies our mouth with good things. Just as if you went to a buffet, your mouth and your stomach would be satisfied, right? But some translation says his years. Some says he satisfies our life. But actually, the New King James is the most accurate translation. He said that he satisfies our mouth. And, and, and let me tell you why. The original Hebrew language is very specific when it uses the word mouth. It says that you satisfies our mouth with good things, not our heart or our soul, although Jesus did say that from uh, uh, the abundance of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know that this is referring uh, to, you know, could, could pertain to our heart as well. But this is interesting. The Hebrew word is a unique word that's used only 13 times in the Old Testament. In all of the Old Testament, this Hebrew word for mouth is only used 13 times. And it's translated 11 of the 13 times. Now listen to this. This is the word. It's the word ornaments. Ornaments. Now I know you're all looking at me like, what in the world does this have to do? We're talking about Christmas now? But no, follow me. 
The word is ornaments. The word actually means horse mouth ornaments. Or the horse's mouth ornaments. Let me let me explain a little further. Like a uh, a uh, 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 if you've seen show horses, sometimes the, the 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 English word would be bridle for us. Let me say that the English word for ornaments would be bridle. So if you ever seen a show horse on their bridle, sometimes they have ornaments, right? They have ornaments hanging from that. If you're familiar with that, and for every bridle, what is there? There's a bit that goes in the horse's mouth. So you got to understand what the the writer's saying here, what he's trying to unpack here. The bit goes in the mouth mouth of a horse. That controls the horse, right? If you ever ridden a horse, some of y'all are familiar with horses, the bit is what goes in the horse's mouth. Matter of fact, and that's what controls the whole horse. And the Bible tells us that you can control the whole horse with just this little bit in his mouth. Matter of fact, I was reminded of this just a couple of weeks ago. My family and I went to vacate on vacation, and I took the girls and we went all horseback riding um, through the mountains in Virginia where we were at. And um, I was riding one of these big giraffe horses. So they're not as big as Clydesdales, but they're in between. And, you know, again, she gave me, I'm not too familiar with horses. I, I'm kind of like the girls. Like, I'm, I like to ride horses. Just don't take off running on me, all right? I'm not too familiar with, like, you know. So she said, hey, you know, like you do, you pull back on the horse, you make it go left or right. And when I would pull back on her, her name was Lolly. When I'd pull back on Lolly, she would pull her head forward and she would try to take the reins out because she didn't like that bit being in my mouth. And so I, I was reminded that that little bitty bit in her mouth, and, and sure enough, when I she said, hey, don't get Give her slack. She wants slack, but don't give it to her. So poor Lolly, I didn't cut her no slack, you know. And so I, I kept kept it tight. I had to keep her back from the horse in front of me, you know. This is the exact thing that James chapter 3 says about the tongue. The person who can bridle their tongue can control their whole body, right? That's the illustration James uses in chapter 3. So this is what it's referring to. A controlled mouth or a mouth under control. Now let's go back to our original text. He satisfies our mouth. So I said all this to say this. This is what he's really saying, and you might not like it, but what this is actually saying in the context is God satisfies the person who can control their mouth. God satisfies those who can control their mouth. And when you think about your mouth, typically you think about two things, your words, but also your appetites. So it, it, it's not just physical appetites, but when he says he can, he, he fills your mouth, the controlled mouth or the controlled appetites, it could be your appetite for a material thing. It could be your appetite for anything in life. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, you know what? If you can't control your appetites, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never experience the divine blessing of satisfaction if you can't control your appetite. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That's why it's interesting to, to study the Bible and the Word of God and look at the original language and what it is that it's trying to say. Again, because those other translations are great, says control your life and all of that, but this is what the writer of Psalms was trying to convey. You know, of course, now he says he satisfies our mouth, our life, our, our controlled appetites with good things. Of course, now what are good things? There are many good things that we can talk about, but I'm just, I'm reminded of one of the, the, the good things in my life, you know, before I got married, I always desired to have a wife and, and children. And when me and Cassie became friends, uh, of course, I began to like her and I began to pray and say, Lord, is this, 
Is this the one? Is there, a lot of y'all have heard me share a story. Is this the one? Is this, is this the woman that you have for me to marry? And I, of course, I was praying. My mom encouraged me. She prayed and fast with me. I was getting counsel. And I had just gotten saved. Honestly, I had just gotten saved a couple of months when we became friends. So I hadn't even read through the whole Bible yet. And somebody had challenged me to read one proverb a day as part of my reading plan. They said, hey, well, one of the things you can do is there's 31 proverbs. You can read one for every, every month of the year uh, or every, every day of the month. I'm sorry. So one evening I was praying and I was asking the Lord, Lord, I was praying this prayer. This was always on the forefront of my prayer list. Now you got to understand, Lord, is this the, the, is Cassie the one that you would have for me? Uh, you know, we begin to get closer and whatnot. And I was reading and after I prayed and had some time in prayer, I began to read through my Bible. I read, you know, my reading of the day. And it was one of them was Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 22. And it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And obtains favor from the Lord. So guess what? That was the first time I'd ever read that scripture. I just prayed that. So you know what? In the second service, my good thing's going to be sitting right there. And I'm truly satisfied with her. Amen? There's many things. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hey, I'll, I'll give the Lord a hand clap for that. I'm, I'm, you know, so there's many a good things. But that's truly what the Bible's saying when he says he satisfies our mouth, our life, our years with good things. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, about our appetites and whatnot. So number two, so that's what true satisfaction is, full to overflowing what the things that, the good things that God satisfies with. Now this, number two, God satisfies us with good things only. Number two is only God can truly satisfy. And that's what we have to realize. Only God can truly satisfy. Let me say this, you will never be satisfied by anyone or anything other than God. You may think you can, but let me make this very clear. I'm going to give you three scriptures to prove it. This is not my opinion. You will never be truly satisfied. Again, you go to that buffet, you'll be satisfied for that night. But what happens when you get, you know, get up the next morning? For some of it, it's two, three hours later, I got a sweet tooth and I want something sweet to eat now, right? Or if it lends anything the next morning, even food. You can fill up to, to the brim with food, with all the things you want, but you'll never be truly satisfied. And this is what the Bible says, Proverbs 14, 14. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. It's interesting because it even shows you don't have to be backsliding outwardly. You can you can start backsliding even in your heart. That's a whole nother sermon right there. But a good man will be satisfied from above. Now look at Ecclesiastes. That's showing only God can truly satisfy. Look at Ecclesiastes 5.10. The one who loves money is never satisfied with money. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with income. Pastor Todd's talked about that before in our financial series earlier. Those guys like Rockefeller and, and whatnot, they asked him, how much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. The, the richest guys on this planet that we, we knew, like Rockefeller, we're all familiar with that name, he was never satisfied. And he had, I mean, uh, uh, so much money. Now look at Psalms 145.16. You, this is speaking of the Lord, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. So those are two scriptures that show us only the Lord can truly satisfy. And one scripture that shows us those that try to, to get satisfied with money, wealth, material things, whatever it may be, never will be. Nothing or no one can satisfy you except the Lord. If you're looking for a new job, a promotion, a new house, a raise, a new relationship, a new car, a new situation, new recognition, whatever you're looking for that's temporal, it can't satisfy you. And that's the reason why, because it's temporal. Only the eternal can satisfy us. Even though we have 
temporary bodies, we're eternal beings. That's why we can't ever be satisfied. Ever. You know, I just, people are starting to fish now. And I, you know, I think about this. Even in my hobbies, I love to hunt and fish. And I was talking to Lawrence earlier. And, you know, uh, my father-in-law, they caught a bunch of fish yesterday. Caught, you know, you can catch as many fish as you want or, 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 or harvest as many animals as you want. And, and it's like, man, my wife will ask me, man, now you've gone two or three days. Are you, are you, you had enough? I'm like, not really. I'm, I'm, if I get invited to go back tomorrow, you know, right, Lawrence? Isn't that right? But they know the fish are there. They catch a bunch of fish. They're like, man, I'm going back next weekend, right? Those things are fun and we enjoy them, but they'll never truly satisfy us. Only the eternal can satisfy, and that's the Lord. You know, I read about a story about a man that was, he had a goal to reach a certain amount of money. I mean, it was a, a, an insane amount of money by 40 years old. He reached that goal, and he never had to work another day in his life. Could you imagine that? 40 years old, never had to work another day in his life. And he said this, and I quote, The next year of my life was the worst year of my life. I was miserable, I was depressed, I was discouraged, I went to doctors, I went to psychiatrists. He was a believer, by the way. At the end of that year, he said, I finally cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, what is it? And the Lord very simply said, money doesn't satisfy. I'm the only one that satisfies. You know what this man said? He said, you know what I learned? If your goal is to climb to the top, there's only one thing left to do when you reach it. And that's the jump off, he said. And that's the jump off. And, and that's the truth. If we're trying to get satisfied by things, we never really will. Like this guy, 40 years old, you would think, man, he got it made. Like for those of us like, man, never have to work again. I could go hunt and fish all I want. But listen, if you ain't out of purpose, and we talked about purpose a couple months ago, if you don't have purpose in the Lord, that will never satisfy you. Only doing, that's why we talk about finding your purpose. I mean, those things, again, I, you hear me. I love the outdoors. I love doing things. I love taking vacations with my family. And whatever you like to do, golf, shop, whatever, hike, kayak, fish, whatever, whatever it is that your, your hobbies are, workout, exercise, those things are great. But if you're looking for that, even in a spouse, even when I said that my good thing will be sitting right here, my wife, I know she was created for me. If I put all my hope, all my chips in my relationship with Cassie, even though I'm satisfied in this, aspect of my life, if I was looking at just her to satisfy me, and I'll say when she's here to second service, I would be let down. Because if that's the pinnacle, now I have everything I wanted, that truly doesn't fulfill. Now that aspect, now you get your satisfaction in the Lord and all these things will be a blessing, but only doing your purpose will truly satisfy you. And all these good things, remember, if they come from the Lord, will they satisfy Going back to money, that's why the Bible says that, you know, he, the one, the one that gets quick gain is not satisfied either. It, it, he, he runs through it quickly. But money or anything else, relationships, blessings, benefits from the Lord will truly satisfy. He said, once you reach the top, the only place, thing left to do is jump off. You know, you can never reach the top of God. That's just it. You never get to the top of God. If you're looking for anything else, you can get to that pinnacle and, and reach it, but you can never get to the top of God. So only God truly satisfies. So let's look at what's the result of satisfaction. Psalm 103.5, it says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The result 
is your youth or your strength being renewed like the eagles? Now, they got some young people in here today, and you're thinking like, well, this uh, this is cool. I'm already a youth, so it doesn't matter. Now, some of y'all in here, you, you're receiving this word right now. He's renewing my youth, right? He's renewing my strength. Another way to put it is he renews my strength like the eagles. Now, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but this is interesting. Before we go there, I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30. And when you turn in there, I'm going to go ahead and tie my shoe because my shoe came untied. So turn to Proverbs chapter 30. And now this, in Proverbs 30, I'm going to start reading verse 11. This can be talking about any generation, but I believe in a lot of commentaries, a lot of people believe that it's actually talking about the current generation that we're in. And as we read through it, I think you would agree with this. Proverbs 30, 11 through 14 says this. Some people curse their father and do not thank their mother. Lack of honor of parents. Are you seeing that more and more nowadays with children and younger people? Or maybe even adults still. Verse 12, they are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. Think about how this generation calls the impure pure more than anything. When I think about that scripture, it says they will call good evil and evil good. I mean, in this, this generation more than ever, just since I've been alive, I've been seeing this more. Verse 13, they look proudly around, casting disdain glances. Think of all the pride that's in this world today. They have teeth like swords and fangs like knives. Think about the way people talk to one another today, especially since they can hide behind a keyboard, right? And it says they devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among humanity. Now, that generation or that scripture talking about this generation, I, I, you know, we, we're all, we would all be in agreement that we see that happen. Now, what happens, and I'll be honest, I've separated these next few verses from verse uh, 11 through 15. But it's actually, if you look at it, it's in the same context. So he's given us an analogy now of what causes these things in this generation. Now look at Proverbs 30, 15, and 16. The leash has two suckers that cry out, more, more. Or some translations say, give, give. There are four things that are never satisfied. No, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, and the blazing fire. So he gives us four analogies of natural things that aren't satisfied. But in the context, he's talking about a generation that's prideful, disobedient, and disrespectful to parents, that calls the impure pure, that has sharp words and sarcasm, coming out of their mouth all the time. And why? Why are they doing this? Because they're not satisfied. You see that? He's saying that, listen, this generation's doing all these things, and the context is the same thing. The reason they're acting like this is because they aren't satisfied. They're not satisfied. The attitude is give, give to me. Have you noticed that nowadays? It's give, give me. Really, it's an entitlement mentality. Now, I know this is a controversial word, but it really is. Me and my brother-in-law was talking about this the other night. It's an entitlement mentality. He's, he's, he works at a very successful company, and there was some of his cousins. It's, it's my sister's uh, uh, husband, and he had cousins there, and he's kind of introducing me. We just reconnected, and, and um, he was telling me, you know, they were asking him, man, can, can you get me a job? Can, you know, and he was talking about how he's been working his way up, and he said, man, they don't understand it's not that easy. I've been here for many, many years and whatnot, and we talked about this. It's an entitlement mentality. It's trying to get your satisfaction from something or someone on this earth other than God. See, when you're in, that's what the Bible calls a leech. 
You know, is, is when you're trying to get from people and get as much as you can. I, sadly say, I had a best friend like this in high school and right out of high school. He was always trying to see what he can get. If he can get something extra, if he can get something free, he was always after it. And it, it's the more you do that, they think they'll be satisfied, but they won't. So again, he's saying that this generation will act like this because they are never satisfied. And the reason is because true satisfaction only comes from the Lord. You know, it makes me wonder. Are some of our physical problems that we have nowadays maybe from not being satisfied? Are we overworked, overstressed, constantly fatigued? There's even something called, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome. If you have that, I'm not trying to be insensitive. But, but could it be that we're fatigued, stressed, and overworked because we're not satisfied? Because we're always trying to obtain something else. We're trying to obtain more, something bigger, something better, something newer, something to consider. So now, here's the result. Going back to what's the result of satisfaction, what he says is the blessing or the benefit is your youth or your strength will be renewed like the eagles. Now, Let's look at why he used the eagle. He used the eagle as an analogy. You know, the eagle is one of God's most magnificent creatures, right? If you know about the eagle, if you, you know, you've seen nature shows or maybe even studied up on or seen one in person, it has a, a seven foot wingspan. It can carry twice its weight. His eyes are the same size as our eyes, yet it's four times, his eyes is as four times as strong as ours. The eagle's eyes never grow dim. Come on, wouldn't that be a blessing? I got contacts in my eyes right now at 41. His eyes never grow dim, and he gets new feathers every year. And that's part of why the, 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 the Bible says that God used that, where he would renew our strength like the eagles, because the eagle gets new feathers every single year. Here's something very interesting, though. I didn't realize this until I, I started preparing for this sermon. Did you know what the number one cause of death of eagles are? Nope, it's drowning. The number one cause of eagle's death is drowning. You would think, how is that? Because this is why, if you've ever watched the nature, so how many of y'all have seen eagles swoop down and get fish out of the water? Have y'all seen that? So what happens is, even though an eagle can carry four times his weight, when an eagle swoops down, if he latches onto a fish that's bigger than he can carry, and the fish pulls him under, he's not going to let go. It's like the eagle's one weakness. And you know what it is? Greed which is dissatisfaction. The soaring eagle that has all this majestic power, wingspan, eyesight, his one downfall is greed. So the number one death, cause of death of eagles is drowning. It's like God saying, I'm going to make you soar like eagles as long as you don't get greedy. Right? I'm going to make you strong and soar like the eagle as long as you don't get greedy. Isn't that awesome? You see that for every promise, there's a condition in the Bible. So he'll, he wants to bless us with good things. This whole, this whole series has been about that. Just like he says, he'll fill our mouth, our life with good things if we control our appetites. He'll renew our strength like the eagles and cause us to soar like eagles as long as we don't get greedy. As long as we're not like that proverb that says, give, give. I'd rather be an eagle, not a leech, right? I mean, even when you just think about those two different, that's like one extreme to another, right? Psalm 103.5 says this, 
He gives us the strength of a young eagle. Remember a few minutes ago I said that we may be getting tired or stressed or fatigued all the time because we're not satisfied? Well, guess what? If we get our satisfaction from the Lord, he promises to renew our strength. You see that? The good news is, is that if we wore our, wearing ourselves out from dissatisfaction, from always trying to get more, if we wear ourselves out and we're getting tired and we're getting fatigued, if we stop today and say, okay, Lord, I've been after this, I've been after that, I've been, I've been dissatisfied with things of the world, even things that you're trying to give me. If we stop and realize that our true satisfaction only comes from the Lord, the promise is he'll renew our strength. Isn't that good stuff? He'll renew it. He'll give us new strength. And actually that word new means, renew means to exchange your strength. What you're doing is actually saying if you're worn out and whipped, he'll give you new strength. But sometimes we try to do things on our own strength and that word actually means to give him your strength and receive his supernatural strength. It's like laying down your own strength and trying to do life. Because even in your purpose, if you try to fulfill your God-given eternal purpose in your own strength, you're going to get worn out. The only way to fill out a supernatural calling and destiny is to receive supernatural strength from the Lord. So he will renew our strength. He'll give you new strength and he'll, you need to exchange your own strength for his. And the fourth and final truth I want to share, and it's, and it's in the form of a question again, is how do you receive satisfaction? How do you receive satisfaction from the Lord? Let's look at the first part of Psalm 103 again, which is again what this series is based on. And Psalm 102 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We've, we've changed it and, 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 and called it divine blessings, but forget not all his benefits. But let's stick with the word in the New King James. And forget not all his benefits. Remember, this is, this is the psalmist uh, saying, telling, telling his own soul to bless the Lord, to worship the Lord, just like we encourage y'all to. David's encouraging himself to, hey, worship the Lord and don't forget all his benefits. As Pastor Todd said, Psalm 103 is known as the, the Mount Everest of the Psalms. If you think about that word benefits, in most companies, only full-time employees get benefits, Right? Part-time employees, for the most part, some companies, but for the most part, majority, I was talking to Melanie, our comptroller, and we were talking about it. For the most part, usually only full-time employees get benefits. Is it possible that these benefits we've been talking about are only for full-time believers? Think about that. Is that possible? Could it be that these benefits, forgiveness, health, healing, redemption, crowns, and being satisfied in this life is for full-time believers. I'll say this, you're never going to be truly satisfied if you're a part-time Christian. You never will. You'll never be truly satisfied if you're a part-time Christian. You'll never be satisfied until you give your all and you make an investment. You know, I heard a story. It's like a guy that, that, that walked into a vacuum cleaner store and he went to the salesman and he said, hey, I saw you have a sign outside that says uh, satisfaction guaranteed. He said, yeah. He walked up. He said, hey, I'm not satisfied with that vacuum right there. And he said, okay. He said, well, why don't you go ahead and, and tell me uh, which one you bought and when you bought it. And the guy said, oh, I didn't buy one. I'm just not satisfied with it. Obviously, the salesman would say, well, sir, the guarantee is only for those that have made an investment and have purchased a vacuum. I wonder how many people are not satisfied with the Lord. But the Lord is asking, hey, when did you accept my son into your life? 
When did you surrender your life? When have you made an investment, given all? And some replies might be, well, no, I haven't given everything, but I'm not satisfied. Let me show you through Scripture that the most satisfaction you'll ever get is when you give your all. And again, it's our Lord Jesus Christ that gave us the example. Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah. Isaiah 53 is the most common messianic chapter in the Bible. A messianic chapter uh, is a chapter in the Old Testament that prophesies about the Messiah. By the way, Jesus fulfilled every single messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. You can look them up. Every single time, like Isaiah, the scriptures we're about to read is prophesying about Jesus as the Messiah, or he's prophesying about the Messiah Thousands of years ago, Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. So let's look at this. Isaiah 53, 11, speaking of Jesus, says this, prophesying about Jesus years ago. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. What does that mean? Well, verse 12 tells us, Isaiah 53, 12, he poured out his soul unto death. That's when Jesus was satisfied, is when he said it is finished. When he gave his all, when he gave his everything, that's when Jesus was truly satisfied. You know, feeding, and th- according to this, feeding the multitudes didn't satisfy him. Healing the sick didn't satisfy him. Raising the dead didn't satisfy him. No, he was more than glad to do that. That was part of his ministry. Preaching the Sermon on the Mount, that didn't satisfy him. Again, he loved to do it. It was part of building up. But he wasn't, the Bible says he was satisfied by the labor of his soul. And that was when he laid down his life. When he said it is finished, that's when Jesus was fully satisfied. Jesus was satisfied when he gave his all. Do you know when you'll be satisfied? When you give your all. When you, when you give your full. You can't walk around as a part-time Christian, one foot in and one foot out. And then wonder why you're not receiving these divine blessings, divine benefits. Do they not always come for us that are so like Christians? Absolutely. That, that's another, a whole nother sermon. There's a lot of, some of it we don't understand. Some of it is, is you know, by faith, we're not going to fully understand it. But I guarantee that if you're not invested and you're not sold out, the chances are way higher for you not to receive these divine blessings and benefits. Do me a favor, just right where you're sitting, just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes for a minute. Put your Bible down or maybe your, your iPad, whatever. And as we close, I just want to, I just want you to take a minute, close your eyes now, and you, you ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, what is it that you would, you want to say to me today, Lord, about this, about this message, about this subject? What is it that you want to say to me? What is it that you're saying? Is there, is there something that you're grabbing a hold of like that eagle that you just won't let go. So something like you're grasping for, maybe you've got a hold of it already and you just will not let it go. Is there something that you've been chasing or that you're waiting until you can accomplish it to be satisfied? Like, man, like that, that, that man that was 40 and said, man, I want to make this amount of money at 40, I could retire. Maybe you're shooting for that. Man, if I just get married, if I just get a new job, if I just get a new house, if I just get this, that, or the other, a new relationship, recognition, if people just understand and, and, and give me the accolades I deserve, then you'll be satisfied. Maybe, maybe that's what, you, what you're thinking. The Lord wants to satisfy you with good things, but he wants you to be satisfied with him. Maybe you need to become a full-time Christian today. You know, you'll not, you'll never be, if you're not fully committed, 
then you know that you'll never be fully satisfied. If you haven't invested all, if you haven't given all to Jesus, you'll never be fully satisfied. We just read how Jesus gave his all for us. The Bible said he, he laid down his life to death. The Bible makes it clear that, that, that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And that the wages of sin is death. But the good news is that the free gift of life is eternal life. The free gift from God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So still with every head bowed, every eye closed, you know, you, you might, you might be dealing with dissatisfaction. We'll deal with that in a minute. But with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I've not given it all. I haven't, I haven't surrendered my life to Christ. I haven't accepted, first and foremost, I haven't accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And maybe you have. Maybe a lot of y'all have been sitting here. We've, you know we're about to pray a prayer together, a prayer of faith, a prayer of declaration. Maybe you've prayed that prayer maybe even multiple times, but you still feel like you're a part-time Christian. You still know in your heart, in the deep recesses of your heart, that you didn't fully surrender your life to the Lord yet. Nobody's looking around right now. If, you did, if that's you and you say, Brandon, I need to give my all. I need to surrender all. I want you to just slip up your hand and we're going to pray together. If that's you, say, man, I need to give my all. I need to surrender my life to the Lord fully. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Say, man, I'm tired of being a part-time Christian. I want to give my all right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully committing and surrendering to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, if you would say, Brandon, you know what? There's some things in my life that I know I'm not, I'm not satisfied, or I've been grasping for. I want you to pray for me. Hey, matter of fact, why don't you do say as we close in prayer? Why don't you stand up to your feet now? Let's go ahead and stand to your feet, and, and let's pray. Let's pray through this. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand about this. But let's pray. Let's just do a let's 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 do some inventory here before we, we dismiss. And, and maybe there's something you've been chasing, you've been grasping for. Maybe something you've already grabbed a hold of that you don't want to let go. But today, as as you were as you were praying, the Lord spoke to you. Let's pray over these things, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help each and every one of us, Lord God, today. Every single person here, Lord God, that or anybody here that that it feels like they haven't been truly satisfied, maybe not even truly satisfied with you, Lord, or with the, the good things that you've blessed us with. That Lord God, you would show us why. And Lord, if there's anything we're chasing, we're grabbing a hold of, we're trying to accomplish to look for our satisfaction, Lord, I pray that you would help us, give us the grace, give us the strength to lay it down, Lord God, and lay it at your feet and to just totally surrender, to give our all to you, to be totally surrendered to you, Father God. Lord, I pray your grace, your peace, and your blessing, Lord God, your promises to continue every single divine benefit, Lord God, I pray as we close out today, Lord, every single one of these, Lord, I pray uh, that, that you would help us with. Lord, thank you for the forgiveness you've given us. Thanks for health and healing, Lord. Thank you for the redemption that comes only from you. Thank you for the crowns, the reigning that we, we're doing in this life and we will do in the future. Thank you, Father God, for the, the, the divine satisfaction you've given us. I pray that you watch over everyone as they leave today, as they travel on the roads, and as they get home. Bless them as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. You have a great day. Hey, if you need prayer for anything, if you want maybe some personal prayer regarding this or anything else, we'll have people at the altar and we'd love to pray with you. If not, be careful as you drive home. God bless you. Have a great day.